Who's the sneakier flex this week? Cooper Cup or Martavis Bryant? Is Case Keenum an automatic start for the stretch run? And which Ravens running back is the better play for Week 12? Alex Collins or Danny Woodhead? Plus the 2017 FFPC main event regular season points champ Monty Fan co-host with me tonight to talk about rostering a third quarterback, crushing the bare knuckle challenge, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Monty Fan is here. So is Dave Gerzak. I'm Eric Falkman. Stick around. Your high stakes fantasy football hour starts now. What more can I say? We top billing it. Stallion without billing it. Viciously found victory. Burnt towns and villages. Burning, looting, and pillaging. Murderers try to hurt us. We curse them and all that killer. The bread and bologna bundles to talk away. I don't work for free, I am barely giving up away. So tell Big and Johnny and Mommy to get the away. Hey, yo, here's a gun, son, now run, get it to go away. Live to shoot another day. Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Thank you so much, Rob. Greetings and salutations and a happy belated Thanksgiving to all you Balkaholics and Gerzakin addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. The co-host tonight is the Dizzle, patron saint of fantasy football, Dave Gerzak. Dave, I want to thank you so much for uh, coming back in a little bit early from your, from your trip to, to make the show tonight. Glad to be here, Balkan. Oh, I know you are. Uh, let, somebody is, is sitting in Florida right now uh, because you had to take their seat on the flight back to uh, dreary old Appleton, Wisconsin. It was pretty dreary. It was raining and everything. I was driving up from yeah. Milwaukee. Do you like my new hat? What is that? Oh, J.W. Marriott? Where yeah. did you get that? Well, like right at the hotel? Yeah. We, of course, we couldn't afford to actually stay there, but we had breakfast at the buffet, so I spent <laughs> so 20 bucks on the hat. hat. Yeah. French toast and now a hat. Now look rich. You know what? That hat looks so good. They should give you a free breakfast buffet when you buy it. They, look, the buffets are expensive. They, there's no way they're giving away a free breakfast buffet at that place. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, coming up on tonight's show, what uh, can we expect from Chad Williams the rest of the way? Is Duke Johnson in for a massive week 12 and much, much more? Rotobiz.com slash podcast. I didn't take Thanksgiving off. There is a new high stakes lowdown out. Chris Pohovich, $40,000 FFPC. A winner and uh, Nelson Sousa on that podcast. A lot of good stuff about managing your roster down the stretch. Uh, and, you know, we look back on, on building rosters too. Chris has uh, three top hundred FB, FPC teams right now. And uh, we also talked a little bit about the playoff challenge, Dave, last year, he cashed in six out of his 10 entries, uh, including third and fifth place overall. So wow. a, lot, a lot of great stuff from Chris Bohovich on that episode. Check it out. Rotoviz.com slash podcast uh shout out to the chat room right now feel free to post any questions you all might have in there if you want to connect with us on twitter please do so at hsffr at eric balkman at david gerzak facebook.com slash hsffr is where to reach us there and if you want to call you can 347-426-3682 that's 347-GAME-OVER you can also email the show at the inbox football at gmail.com if you have any questions for us, now's the time to get them to us. Our audio engineer, Bryce, our producer and mutual friend, Rob, tirelessly working tonight, um, working off the trip to fan, working off all the calories uh, that they uh, 
put on yesterday, myself included. And uh, they'll be working uh, for the duration of the show, and that'll be the show tonight. Uh, without further ado, I want to get to our uh, guest tonight. He uh, has taken part in high-stakes fantasy football leagues since 2009. That is almost a decade. Bouncing around with various co-owners until joining a group of three other friends in 2014. Since then, his group has finished ahead in winnings every single year, including 16th overall in the main event in 2014, winning their league titles in the main event in the FFPC uh, the last two years, and second place in the uh, Bare Knuckle League back in 2015. They're also in second place this year so far with a few weeks ago. Uh, Please welcome into the show your 2017 FFPC main event regular season points winner, and championship round leader, Monty Fan. Monty, thanks for hanging out with us tonight, man. Hey there. Thanks for uh, having me. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure to, uh, to get somebody on that uh, is an upgrade in the fantasy football intellectual uh, aspect of the show. And we've done that once again tonight, Monty. I want to get into fantasy football. Uh, when you are not playing fantasy football, tell us how you're spending your time. Uh, we uh, live in San Diego. I have a wife and two kids, and I'm an at-home dad and a former newspaper reporter. This is interesting, Dave, because we have a, a, a former fellow member of the press on the show tonight. Oh, two, two press, two, two journalists. Listen, and, and nobody can see this right now, but Monty and I are both wearing our fedoras with the little scoop uh, <laughs> note in the, in the band of the fedora tonight. Just mine, says, mine says press. Oh, yeah. it's okay. See, I'm not as sophisticated. <laughs> I feel like I'm watching like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. They always have the press yeah, in there. Yeah, yeah. They'd all go running for the phone booth, and it would be like 10 guys at a time. They would knock the phone booth over. Yeah. Well, that was uh, Airplane. I think that happened. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's on cartoons, too. But you're there right. you go. Um, Dave has a fantasy football question um, for you here, uh, Monty. Before he does, I do, I do actually want to ask you uh, something. You know, it, I don't know how much, you know, like when you had to interview subjects uh, for whatever stories you were writing on when you were uh, in the industry. I don't know if you ever had to, like, you know, kind of see through or read between the lines of what they're saying or um, th- does any of that talent that you had for that back then, did, do you, uh, are you able to apply that with any coach speak or when any athletes are talking after the game where you can kind of get an inside read on maybe how injuries are going, maybe how a, a certain um, uh, competition in training camp is playing out? I mean, is there anything there that, that you've been able to use and, and to your advantage, especially during drafting season? Not so much um, reading between the lines just because um, I feel like I'd have to have been there. It's hard to do. If, I mean, I don't, I, most of the stuff that most of the research I do is all reading and not really listening or watching TV or anything. I, I will say that um, when I was a reporter, I did tons of research for stories and knowing how to do that, I guess has kind of helped me in this hobby where um, a lot of the success that we've had is just on the amount of research and, you know, which sources, uh, to trust over others. Um, you know, just along that lines. It's, it's all about preparation and it's all about trusting yeah. your sources. And I think that's, yeah. uh, that's true <clears throat> fantasy football as well. Dave, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, you're fine. So, hey, congrats on the regular season points title. You had Ezekiel Elliott uh, on your team. He had a lot to do with that. And he, after his 12th or 13th uh, appeal for suspension, he <laughs> it was finally, number 14, actually. finally gone. Uh, so how concerned are you with the running back depth for the stretch run? Um, well, the, the funny 
thing about that. So we had third pick in the uh, in the draft on Saturday um, before the season, and we were pretty set that we were going to that David Johnson and and Bell would be the first two picks, and that we would go with Antonio Brown. And then Thursday night happened, and all of a sudden uh, Kareem Hunt was in the mix, and um, so we were trying to decide between Hunt and Brown. And then uh, Friday. They said that uh, Elliott won his appeal, and uh, there was a 90% chance he would play the whole season. And so uh, we went back and forth between Elliott and Hunt. Uh, we didn't totally trust picking a rookie with the third pick overall who had had one game under his belt, no matter how well he did in that game. Um, so we went with Elliott, and um, I know that uh, – our depth isn't that great going into the uh, league playoffs and championship round. Um, we really only have uh, – well, we have Mark Ingram, who we hit with, and then um, Forte, Latavius Murray, and I think Gio Bernard are other running backs. And um, we ended up going big on Murray when uh, Dalvin Cook went down and uh, – we were pretty disappointed in the first few weeks of that, but he's he's picked it up last few weeks, and um, I mean, you go in with the guys you got. So um, we unfortunately don't have any free agent money left to even uh, grab somebody next week. So um, cross our fingers, and uh, <laughs> hopefully nobody gets hurt. <laughs> yeah, Monty, I want I want to actually talk to you about that because. You look at this team, this main event team, you've only made nine transactions all season long, uh, you know, add drops for this team. Yet those nine transactions, some of the most expensive transactions you can do because you spent all thousand dollars of your free agency acquisition budget in doing so. When you look at how you've handled your previous football guys teams, your previous main event teams, your other high stakes teams, is this a common, like, does this happen a lot where you, where you blow through your fab and, and you're maybe a little bit hamstrung at the end of the year, but you know, you've gotten these guys um, that have really helped your team for the majority of the season already on your team. I mean, how, how often does something like this take place for your consortium uh, in, in high stakes leagues? We've gotten pretty lucky the last few years in, uh, in having pretty deep benches, uh, strong benches where um, we have real, it's a nice problem to have when you have a bunch of guys who you think are going to perform really well that week and you're trying to decide who to bench and not who to start. Um, I know that in years past, uh, I want to say a couple years ago, we uh, had a pretty sizable bid on Rawls from Seattle and uh, ended up hitting on him. And um, so, I mean, our method is kind of, Early on the season, and I'd say the first month or so, we will uh, identify a guy who we want to go pretty big on. This year was Nelson Aguilar in week one, and he turned out to be a pretty good bi-week filler. And then, uh, like I said, Latavius Murray was 488, so almost half our total allotment for the year. Um, and, uh, I mean, we, like I said, we've gotten lucky with having – a deep team and not having to worry about too many injuries so that at the end of the year, 
um, we usually don't have that much money left, and it hasn't been a problem. You can't take it with you, Dave. Just like <laughs> possessions on this earthly plane, you can't take them with you wherever you go afterwards. You can't take Fab uh, money with you uh, at the end of the season either. Which, you know, which leads me to my next question, which I think I already know the answer to and the reason for it. But ask it anyway. I'm going to ask you. So yeah. you have Cam Newton and Jared Goff on your main event leading team. So now that you have no free agent money left, uh, why are you keeping Andy Dalton? <laughs> Just cut him. On cut, your team cut down to 19 when players. When you can't acquire anybody else, is it because he's like your little lucky redheaded Irishman to keep him around? I don't know. We drafted him, and um, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you why we still have Andy Dalton on the team. Uh, we usually identify drop candidates. And we had some pretty easy ones throughout the year. Um, I don't know. Maybe that will be a rule change at the last minute and allow us to start two quarterbacks. I'm going to tell you this. There won't be a rule change, but here's my prediction. Cam Newton and Jared Goff, like, you know, somehow get suspended or get injured or whatever, and you're, you're going to be leading the main event with one week to go, and Dalton is going to throw for four touchdowns and seal it. And Elliot comes back week 16. And Elliot comes back week 16. Yeah, exactly. We don't even – let's just cut the check now. Dalton's we don't need to play it out. Every once in a while he'll pop off like a 30-point, 28-point yeah. game. You know, what's interesting is, is I'm in a similar situation, I mean, in a much smaller scale. I, Dave, I think I told you this. Um, in that league, uh, that dynasty league where somebody inexplicably dropped Allen Robinson, I went against your advice and I ended up spending all my money. Um, and for the last, I would say like six weeks, I've had two quarterbacks on my team and one of them has been out for the season. So I literally have to play Andy Dalton. Do you have Every any money left or you're out? No, I'm done. I have no, no money. money left. No okay. money. I, and I'm, I, I believe I made the playoffs as the two seed with right. Andy Dalton. Yeah. So we'll see what he's, you know, he doesn't get hurt much. That's good. No, he's playing Cleveland this week. We'll right. see what he happens. Might throw yeah. you, you never know. We're talking with Monty Fan, the 2017 FFPC main event, regular season points champ. He will be leading the championship round when it begins in two weeks before then we do have uh, the league playoffs. And I know you and your uh, fellow co-owners, Monty are very excited for that. We, we, you talked about, or we, I mentioned this actually in your intro, that you have had many co-owners over the years, but for the last four years, uh, you guys really have hit your stride with you and your three other co-owners that, that manage these teams. What is it about this dynamic that you guys have put together that, you know, everything clicks and, and you guys have, you know, 16th overall in the main event, back-to-back main event league titles, and, and you're, you're setting up for a, 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 a three-peat in, in getting your, your third straight main event league title and, and maybe even higher than a 16th place finish this year in the main event. What is it about this uh, dynamic, about, about what you guys have put together that has made you so successful over the last few years? Uh, we all get along really well. Uh, there's a, we're all up and down the, the West Coast. The two of us are in Southern California, two of us are in Washington State, um, and uh, we just have a group text that we uh, send messages every week about who to start and who to bid on, and it's, I don't know, four easygoing guys. We uh, There aren't a lot of clashes as far as, uh, you know, fantasy philosophies go, and uh, we tend to all have kind of the same thoughts and um it's funny because as far as fantasy goes we do all think along the same lines but i've done ffpc uh, events on my own not main event but um 
the football guys, uh, the football guys won by myself and, and stuff. And I, I haven't had as much success as I have bouncing ideas off three other guys, and I think they would say the same. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it's not an echo chamber. It's uh, uh, We know when to call each other out, and, you know, it's fun having a vote every week to uh, decide who does, you know, who we start, who we bench, and all that. Um, it's a good formula so far, so. Yeah, it definitely is working out for you. And Dave, I, this might be a little bit uh, after your time, but there's a cartoon that I'm a, I was a big fan of in the 1980s called Voltron. Are you familiar with Voltron? <laughs> very, very, very. Actually, I'm, I'm not familiar with it actually. I did not watch it. Very talented kids that uh, had these robotic caps um, that uh, would fight crime and, and save the day, and they're very powerful. However, they could never topple the big villain all by themselves. They had to form this mega huge. Voltron a robot. The, no, it wasn't a huge cat. It was actually a big um, robot with a big sword. So a cat turned into a robot. Yes. I know it's, listen, it doesn't make any sense, but it was a cartoon. Okay, yeah, Suspend yeah. belief for a little bit. And, uh, and, that's, and this is the situation here. This is not groupthink. Monty, this, have you seen this show? This is, yeah, but there were five of them. There's only four. Five. Yeah, I'm sorry. There was five. There was the torso, <laughs> the two arms, and the two legs. I forget about that. Yeah. Um, it's so terrible. My kid has a Voltron toy at home, and really? I, I should know this. Yeah. I don't know. He got it. He got it in. Um, so you give hand-me-downs to your kid? No, 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 no. He got it in like a. I don't know if they were brought it back or something, but he got it in a McDonald's Happy Meal, and oh, really? I, I thought he was just gonna throw it away. He loves it. He's been playing with it for almost cool. a year. Yeah. Oh, he nice. loves. But anyway, the point is. This isn't this isn't groupthink. This isn't a bunch of yes men getting together. This is a, a conglomeration of complementary skills that has uh, really been um, been the uh, the pinnacle of success uh, thus so, far. And it's four people, right, Monty? Yeah, there's four of us. All right. See, that's the key. So eliminate eliminate the torso. Whatever. My, it's not our, a big deal. Our team in the Las Vegas Super Contest, the Omolinos, yeah. is five people. We're well, we're twenty-one, twenty-seven, and two, and I think we. Went, so you like, guys are you know, coming back, 21, 27, and 2. We're like six games under 500. Yeah. The goal, though, is to get like a 70% winning percent, so we're, you know, we're not in good shape. Going to have to go undefeated the rest of the way, and even then I don't yeah. know if it's going to happen. So, so maybe, hey, Monty, next, maybe next year you guys could do the, uh, do the Las Vegas Super Contest amongst your group. Yeah, that's, uh, that, you, that is actually a really good idea. To, <laughs> well, to hopefully have we have $250,000 to play with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You wouldn't yeah. even want to. Then. Enter a few teams. <laughs> Try to win that uh, down. Dave, uh, Falcons question for, uh, for Monty. Yep. Devonta Freeman concussion protocol still uh, out and he's going to be out already announced. Tevin Coleman, do you consider him a must start at home against Tampa? Uh, I do. Uh, I have him on one other team and um, he did pretty well against the uh, Seahawks. Name of the game is uh, having opportunity. He got a bunch of touches and I think that uh, they'll, They'll keep riding him. You know, and the other great thing about Tevin Coleman here, and, and I have him in, I think, three leagues. I'm, I'm for sure playing him in all three. Uh, Dave, we, all, we, we know one thing is true about Atlanta Falcons football. Julio Jones will not be scoring a touchdown this week. Oh, so you can throw that out the window. Devontae Freeman won't be scoring a touchdown. Austin Hooper seems to be about an every third week guy, and I don't think it's his turn. Right. It's Coleman. It's Coleman, and probably Samu will get like a junk touchdown in there somewhere. Uh, maybe, maybe Justin Hardy sneaks in there. But Coleman this week, I'm telling you. I, enjoy, be big. I actually I mean, watching. If, go ahead, Monty. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, if you have Coleman and not Freeman, this is pretty much what you've been waiting for anyway. So, yeah. Um, yeah. 
That's my, it makes sense. Got to get them in there. What were you going to say, Dave? I'm sorry. No, that's all right. I was just going to say that I enjoy, wa- I enjoy watching the Falcons in the red zone. Just to, and I only watch Julio Jones now just to, <laughs> to watch him go flailing around. Whenever they show him, if they throw it to him, it's a terrible pass or he gives a half-hearted effort. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they'll throw it to Snoo. Wide open. Or they'll throw it to Hooper. Wide yeah, open. Yeah, wide open. No one's covered. Do you remember, I don't know what year this was now, when Keyshawn Johnson had that year where he was like on pace. I think he ended the year with just under 100 catches or whatever and didn't get one touchdown to like week 15, really well. something like that. You know what else I found out this week? The Oakland Raiders, zero interceptions on the year, have yet to pick off a pass. It is week 12. They have zero interceptions. And the Raiders. That's insane. All right. It's absolutely insane. The Las Vegas, soon to be Las Vegas. Soon to be Las Vegas later. Uh, Oh, that is not that. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, Monty Fan, the guest tonight on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzak. Monty is the 2017 FFPC Main Event Points Champion. He will be, uh, when the championship round kicks off in week 14, he will be at the top of the leaderboard here. And another one of the events that you guys play in, uh, I believe seemingly every year, Monty, is the Bare Knuckle Challenge. For anybody who's not familiar with it, this this is a 28-round draft, correct, Dave? 28 rounds? Uh, I'm usually drunk by the time they have it. 28 rounds. 28 rounds. uh, 12 teams. Alex just tells me to be quiet at that point. Yeah, I've gotten yelled at, too. I think that's the reason I've been proxy. We're the people that get kicked out right in the middle of the draft. The thing is, (laughs) I got yelled at at least not the past two years, but the three years before that, I was yelled at by either Alex or the (laughs) proctor. And ever since then, I've been proxying the big payback that goes oh, on yeah, at the same right, time. Right. And I think it's just to keep me away yeah, from the bare, right, bare knuckle challenge. Job, right? Yeah. So anyway, but what this is, it's a 28-round draft, 12 teams, $750 entry, and no computers, no tablets, no devices, no, sh- no cheat sheets, nothing. You have to do it all from memory. It's an insane uh, match of wits. You guys, Monty, won the whole thing. Or No, excuse me. You took second in 2015. And this year, I checked, you guys are in second place again. Uh, heading into uh, to week 12. I'm curious uh, if there's any highlights or if any stories, anything that you can share, you know, maybe just about how taxing this is mentally to do this exercise um, and, and try to, you know, whatever it is, 336 players are, are drafted. You're going to do it all from memory. What, what has that been like uh, for you and you guys and your, and your guys who uh, drafted? It's, it's pretty fun. I'm the one who does it. Um, Perfect. Uh, I guess it helps that I don't drink. <laughs> very smart. That's an advantage. Um, <laughs> it doesn't go without saying. <laughs> yeah, 30 seconds per pick, and you don't know the draft order until uh, five minutes before the draft. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, my preparation is I – once you start the draft, that it, it all kind of goes out the window. I try to memorize the first three rounds of ADP. So about the first 36 players. Uh, but even then, there's there's guys who – I think Lamar Miller dropped this year to the sixth round or something. And I totally <laughs> forgotten he was on the board. But, yeah, it's it's kind of fun during it because there are guys like that who um, someone remembers sixth, seventh round that should have gone in the first three, and everyone is kind of, oh, yeah, I forgot about that guy. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that first year in 2015 um, – I think we lost by, I want to say like 18 or 20 points, which is basically one, uh, I want to say roster move, but uh, it's the best ball league. But, I mean, you know, three touchdowns here yeah, along anything. the way. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, 
draft a lot of tight ends, draft a lot of defenses, and draft a lot of kickers, because especially kickers, because uh, yeah, uh, the, the turnover in kickers is amazing. And if you only have two, and you're not, you know, those two guys go down, or one of them goes down, and you don't get that uh, advantage of having variance of uh, three or four guys and trying to get the 10 to 12 points from a kicker every week. Um, yeah, but it is, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I've had a lot of fun doing it. Um, and it is pretty nerve wracking sitting there for two hours and only going by what's in your head. It, se- it seemed like, you know, from what I saw across the ballroom this year, it seemed quite animated. There's, there were several animated players. There's, there's a good, a, a larger than, you know, there's always a pretty large cheering section that's there at the start of the draft. And then it kind of whittles down, but it seemed like there was a pretty good crowd for the entire draft this, this year. And it seemed like everybody was whooping it around. Yeah. We had a guy who drafted David Carr <laughs> and someone tried to draft Derek Carr later and needed to get a ruling. And uh, I think Alex said, well, David is not in the league anymore. If he was in the league, they would have awarded him David. Right. But since he wasn't, um, <laughs> we knew what he meant. So, Judge yeah. Kaganowski on the case. <laughs> that's, again. that's kind of a sweetheart move on yeah. Alex's part there. He's such a nice guy. <laughs> so let me. So we had a uh, question from Waspa in the chat room. He wants to know uh, what percentage of players uh, have photographic memories, do you think, in that? It, in, in the bare knuckle. Including yourself, actually. Yeah. I don't. I don't have photographic memory at all. Um I don't know. I can't. It's it would be it would be hard to tell without just uh, asking somebody. Uh, I don't know that I could tell if someone had photographic memory from from just the draft. But um, yeah, it's uh, you know there without having the ability to even write anything down. It's tough. <laughs> there are there are guys who pop in your head and. Um, once you hear other names being called, uh, those mental lists get really screwed up. And, yeah. um, you know, you know, some of it is someone drafted uh, Torrey Smith and right before I was picking, and I thought, oh, you know, Nelson Aguilar's on that team too. And so right at the last minute, popped in my head, and I, and I grabbed him, and that turned out pretty well. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. That's a really good point. Because you know, you, a lot of times – I'll write down like three or four guys I'm thinking of when I'm doing a draft. Yeah. And so then like maybe a couple of them go or whatever. And you're like, Oh, I still got a couple of, them. but yeah, you have to actually just have it like this little mental Rolodex going on. You know, honestly, who could crush us if there's some sort of real life rain man that, you know, could like just sit at the table and just fire off all these names, you know, like just memorize the top 336 players, no social skills. Whatsoever. Yeah. No social skills. And, just and numbers, just, yeah, you, you, we'd have to, we'd have to um, suspend the, the bare knuckle draft because that guy would just crush it every year or gal, whoever it is. Yeah, no kidding. Well, yeah. the fun yeah, part no, gonna... is, Go ahead. is, you know, there are 32 defenses, and, uh, you know, the guy running the show will say, well, there's one defense left, and you're sitting there going through the board <laughs> and looking at it, and <laughs> mental, you know, NFC West, NFC East, NFC North, and trying to figure out. And this year, the last one was the L.A. Rams, which just turned out to be a pretty good wow. defense. And yeah, uh, no someone kidding. someone caught it and, uh, yeah, and grabbed them, so. Then somebody tried to draft the St. Louis Rams later. <laughs> yeah. More than likely. Probably would happen. Anyway, Dave, go ahead. Vernon Davis? 
Vernon Davis uh, probably doesn't have a photographic memory. And no. He also doesn't have any catches. Didn't, didn't have a single one against the Giants defense. It's been pretty terrible against the tight end. So Jordan Reeds continues to miss games. You get into this little situation where you have to consider starting a guy who actually had no catches against a, a terrible uh, defense against tight ends this week. What do you think? Questions about keeping start starting or uh, whether people should keep starting Davis. I mean, yeah, I have him on yeah. a team. I, 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 it's you know, fantasy football's fluky. Um, he's been a pretty solid starter every week. I would say keep rolling him out. Um, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I think uh, Ingram, uh, Evan Ingram, was supposed to have a big game too. Ended up what, three catches for 20 yards or something like that? Yeah, it was bad. Um, Both tight ends were bad. Yeah. Um, You know, these things are fluky. Um, I would keep rolling them out. I think I plan on doing it. I think Reed is my starter and Davis is my backup. So, um, yeah, I mean, if all went according to plan every week, uh, it wouldn't be as fun, so... I, yeah, exactly. I, I got to believe if they were to replay that game, somehow Vernon Davis would end up with like six or 70 and two touchdowns. Um, we do have, uh, I, I want to read one email here. We have uh, time for that, uh, Monty, here. This is from Mason in Aiken, South Carolina. Uh, he, uh, this came in this afternoon, actually. He, he's, he writes, hey, Monty, now that Juju Smith-Schuster is out, is Martavis Bryant actually a sneaky start with Big Ben at home against that awful Green Bay secondary? Good luck in the championship round. Thank you for the email, Mason in Aiken, South Carolina. So this is interesting, uh, Monty. You have no Juju Smith-Schuster, who basically was the number two receiver on this team for the last, you know, handful of weeks, and now he's not going to be playing. So you have Marcus Bryant kicked him in the hamstring. Yeah, I listen. I hey man, rumors are swirling. What what's going on? uh, A couple tweets about it. Yeah. So Martavis Bryant, who we've already seen, maybe not this year, but he's shown the penchant for being very successful uh, in fantasy football. Is he a guy that if you had him on your team, maybe you had both he and Smith-Schuster and you can't play him, is Bryant a guy that you would sneak in as your second flex this week? <laughs> That's a tough call. Um, I'm not a big fan of his. Um, I didn't draft him on any teams. I was leery just because of him being out for all of last year. Um if if it were me, I'd leave him on my bench. Um, where's the game? Is it in Pittsburgh? In Pittsburgh, Sunday night. Yeah. I think they lean on Bell and Brown, and maybe Jesse James gets some catches. Um, I think Ben could hit him for a deep ball, but I think that's a lot of the times what you're really relying on with him is that he gets that uh, 50-, 60-yard bomb. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a big fan and I don't think I would trust him this week. I own him in one league. He's on my bench. Still not playing. 14 points. A big man might only have to throw like 20 times if they just kill him. It could be something like, it could, it could honestly, it could be like 28 to three at the half in all honesty. And Brown could have two touchdowns. Jesse James could have two touchdowns. Maybe Jesse James has one. Well, whatever. I mean, who knows? It's Packers defense. Anything is possible, especially on the road. That's very true, yeah. but you're right. I mean, he's not, they're not going to really need to throw deep balls because they're not going to be a shootout-type game. Very unlikely. Can I tell you who the deep sleeper start is in this game? Please do, Balky. James Conner, second half. <laughs> James Conner rolls out there, 15 carries, 70 yards, two touchdowns. I don't know. 
Uh, I'll say this. I am fairly, I am fairly certain Pittsburgh, for whatever reason, I don't have any basis behind this. I don't believe they cover the spread. I think Green Bay actually keeps this a game going into the fourth quarter. Really? That's my bold prediction. Yeah. Right. No basis behind it. Yeah, well, Literally none. Just your gut, uh, gut, gut call. Gut call. All right. Well, Monty, let's uh, get your gut call here and give us a stub that you would actually consider benching this week and a sleeper that might find his way into your fantasy lineups. Does Melvin Gordon count? Uh, he counts as a. Um, <laughs> if, already if, yeah, if we were doing the show on Wednesday, he definitely, <laughs> also, he definitely would have been um, a, a great call. I mean, I have Evans, Mike Evans, and uh, I'm. He's one of those guys you got to keep rolling out. Um, but he just hasn't really come through very much in the past few weeks. Um, I'm not sure I would definitely say bench him, um, but he's one that uh, you know is frustrating every week um and one other guy is is gronk i i don't like again i he's one of those guys you got to start every week but i don't like that uh they throw to bennett more now that he's on the team and all of a sudden Dwayne allen now is uh is catching things and he hadn't caught anything all season so um two guys that i would i would I would keep an eye on this weekend. And then I think, uh, I don't know, does Corey Davis count as a sleeper? Absolutely, he does. Season? Uh, Rashard Matthews, I guess, didn't practice today and um, seems like uh, he might not play on Sunday. And so Davis and Mariota haven't had a great connection lately, but uh, this could be uh, maybe the breakout game that everyone's waiting for, at least his owners at least. I have one that I'm uh, saying that I might be worried about bulky. What about Devin Funches with Greg Olson coming back? I'm I'm not terribly terribly concerned. All right, that. all right, fine. I'm I'm honestly I would be more nervous that um, Olson doesn't do much uh, in his first game back. I'll say this: I had the option between him and Vernon Davis this week, and I played Vernon Davis over him. Now, obviously, if I could go back and do it again, I would start Olson. But I I'm just I I don't know how successful Olson is. Um, when he uh, when he gets back in there, I like the Corey Davis call. I'm actually playing him in a couple of leagues uh, this week. In fact, one of them I'm playing him because I already benched Richard Matthews because I don't believe he plays right. uh, on Sunday, and I'm putting Davis in there. It's actually good. And there's another league um, where I ha- I can't remember who I had, but oh Smith, I think it was the Smith Schuster league, uh, and I'm playing Decker in that league be- because my I'm so hamstrung on. Uh, hamstrung on receivers and I put Decker in there in the hopes that, you know, he, maybe he gets a touchdown or something with, you know, it'll be him and Corey Davis essentially out there. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Monty, this was fun. I, I certainly appreciate you coming on tonight uh, and uh, you know, joining us talking about uh, you know, how you guys have uh, you know, shown us how the sausage was made over the last few years of, of how successful you've Freezing. been. And, yeah. And uh, <laughs> I want to wish you good luck in your league playoffs this weekend. Good luck in the championship round and, Maybe we'll be talking to you again at the end of the season if you guys are able to take down the big one. But thanks for coming on the show tonight, man. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks, Monty. Monty Fan, the 2017 FFPC main event regular point, regular just, season points champ. Why don't we just say hi to him in person at next year's uh, – You can know, say hi to him at the bare knuckle. When he knuckle, is, uh, whatever. When he is uh, – <laughs>
you know, finishing in the top two once again, uh, more than likely. Sounds good. Good stuff there. I, I, you know, what's always interesting is, is um, you want to always bounce your ideas and your thoughts and, you know, your start sick questions, your draft questions, your waiver questions among your, your peers. You know, I, I feel like we're, we're kind of a sounding board for a certain sect of the high stakes community here. And uh, we, you know, always, you know, willing to offer our opinions on it. And I always like getting opinions from everybody else. I would be nervous if I was part of a group where it's seemingly we always agreed all the time. And I don't mean to say that Monty was saying that, um, you know, they, they do think alike, but you know, he said, we know when to call each other out. We know when, you know, when to pull, pull somebody back or push somebody in a certain direction. And it seems to be working out for them. I've never, I I'm still lacking that we have our little group, you know, and uh, it's all right. It's great. But sometimes I feel like I don't think you get the in-depth fantasy analysis. No, you don't. And I'll, and I'll tell you this. And I'll tell you this. And this is one of the things I appreciate about Tupacker at Tupacker on Twitter, Ron Meyer. Sometimes I think that people like, oh, Eric Balkman. Yeah, he hosts a, a fantasy football podcast. He knows everything. He's an expert. Anybody who knows me and who's played against me knows that I am far from both of those things. I definitely do not know everything. I definitely am not an expert. I've never called myself an expert. And Tupacker goes out of his way to call me the opposite of an expert more times than I care to admit. So that's what's great. You got to keep it real. And uh, Tupacker definitely helps me keep it real. Let's move on to the fantasy flash here. Uh, thanks to football guys, Roto Pass, Roto World, and Rob for tonight's rundown. Lindsay Theory, or Teary, I don't know how to pronounce it, of the LA Times reports that Robert Woods likely to miss multiple weeks due to a shoulder injury. This is coming off, I believe he had like an eight for 80 game. Uh, this past weekend, this is going to be big because he was the go-to guy for Jared Goff uh, here uh, for the Rams, the, the resurgent Rams this year, the, the second best, the, the second greatest show on turf uh, that we've seen so far this They've season. Been impressive. They've been awesome. Dave, what does this do to the Rams offense specifically? How does this change uh, what you expect from Jared Goff and Todd Gurley going forward with their number one receiver going down? And who's the beneficiary for targets with no Robert Woods? In your humble opinion, sir. I do like Cooper Cup, actually. I know that it gets referenced here a little bit, but I think Cup's the guy who really gets a lot, a lot more targets. He's a good player. He just hasn't had enough opportunity. But, you know, the other person, it's, it's funny. How about Sammy Watkins? I mean, this guy is overpaid for him. But, you know, I, I just find it so unusual that Watkins can't get more, uh, more targeting, more action. It's just kind of weird to me. Here's, a, here's all you need to know about Sammy Watkins. And I, have, I don't think anybody would ever call me a Sammy Watkins lover. Um, we talked about the Rams number one receiver going down and his name is Robert Woods. The first guy that came to both of our minds, as far as the targets where they're going to go is a guy named Cooper cup. This is a rookie out of Eastern Washington. And then somewhere down the line, when we're talking about it, we bring up Sammy Watkins name. This is where he is in fantasy football right now. If you had the opportunity to play Cooper cup or Sammy Watkins this week, I would choose Cooper cup. No problem over Sammy Watkins. Yeah, isn't that crazy? It's crazy, but don't you agree? Yeah, kind of. Kind of or totally? Kind oh, of, totally, kind Balky. Kind of. You want to put five on this? No, because you kind of agree with me, so it's tough to do that. Give me two points. <laughs> two I'll, points is hardly any point. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'll take Sammy two, Watkins two. fantasy two. points? Yeah. Sammy All right. Watkins Sam, plus two fantasy points. Sammy Watkins, you have him plus two. <laughs> I have Cooper Cup minus, this week, right? This uh, week yes, only, sir. obviously. Yes, All right. Sir. And uh, I'll tell you what. I got five on it. I got five on it. 
perfect. I need that win. <laughs> Coming off a couple of bad weeks here. Chad Williams is going to get a shot. Has been practicing really, really well lately, according to Bruce Arians, the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Can I, can I after you already? This is Mike Jarecki from 98.7 Arizona. Go ahead. I, I looked ahead a little bit the questions. Okay. And I just holy wait wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hold on. Hold on. You actually are bragging about looking past the where we are in the rundown. This is like I to be honest with you, it was five minutes ago. So mind not, blow. Yeah, oh my not, god. It's not an hour. Can't even believe it. Go I ahead. Just, I just picked up. Uh, I just picked up Chad Williams in, in the uh, Scott Fishbowl. The Stone Dynasty. Oh, Stone Dynasty. So like, you what, the Dynasty. first come first serve waivers. Yeah, in a couple of my leagues, I first. Oh, first for serve. God's sake! So I cut the Chiefs defense because I already had the Seattle and Denver. Right. I don't know why I had three defenses. That whatever. makes no sense. And uh, yeah, so now I'm a proud Chad Williams owner. And I'm going to have a question actually because he's available in one other league. This is a guy that you were high on in the I rookie was. draft. Process. I was. I actually, I, I still own him in a bunch of leagues. I've been hanging on to him. I'm surprised you didn't own him in that league. So was I. I had to look. You had three defenses in this league, and your boy Chad Williams was somehow on the waiver wire. Hey, look, I, you know what? One thing I'm not is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the new intro. So Chad, Chad Williams, who a lot of people like for dynasty purposes, he is a third round pick this past year out of. Grambling State, six foot one, two hundred and five pounds. This is a guy that made a lot of plays in the preseason. Uh, he's going to be catching passes now from you guessed it, Blaine Gabbert, uh, JJ Nelson a little bit banged up. John Brown already been ruled out this week. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, I don't know how much um, you, you know he'll see. Who, um, Arizona, um, I, I should have this memorized, and I don't. Arizona this week is playing against Jacksonville, and Jalen Ramsey is questionable for this game, so he could miss. If he does miss, then that's more good news for, for Chad Williams, given that Fitzgerald would probably be in the slot a lot, and uh, Ramsey would not be on Fitz. Uh, so you look at Chad Williams, I don't think you can start him this week, but certainly not only a speculative ad in your stoned dynasty league, yep. but in redraft leagues as well. I'm not sure about redraft. Really? You wouldn't pick him up in a redraft league just to see what happens? This is a guy that is a third-round pick, semi-pedigreed guy. You know, it's possible. I mean, John Brown's been doing nothing, and then the other, Jaron you know, Brown, he's not doing much. No, he's not. So, yeah, you know what? I, I don't know. If you really had totally had room. Yeah. Maybe then. Yeah. Also, can I ask my question? Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So I have, in the Fantasy Sharks Dynasty League, I have John Brown, Buck Allen, James Conner, Orleans Darkwa as potential cut candidates. Okay. Are any of them worth cutting for Chad Williams? This is a Dynasty League. Right. I don't, I'm not playing any of them, really. I don't really have a big need for Yes. Them. I would probably cut... Oh, I also have I have Le'Veon Bell, which is why I own James Conner. Kind of, yeah, I, I wouldn't I, even if I didn't know if yeah. even if I didn't own Bell, I, I wouldn't be cutting Conner. Uh, I I don't think you have much of a use for Buck Allen. All right, sounds good. That's who I was actually thinking. Yeah, I actually John Brown. I almost want to cut him just to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. I cut Mike Wallace this week in the league out of spite. I love your spite cuts him. are always didn't great, want to have him on my team fodder. anymore. Yeah, I didn't even care that he scored good this, points. The, it doesn't matter. The Josh Freeman spite cut. Uh, this week was Mike Wallace for you. That's right. Only you didn't cut him in the middle of a game. <laughs> I've never felt better than cutting Josh Freeman in the middle of that game. Dave, Devontae Adams is a top 10 receiver over the last three weeks of living in Hunligatory. Um, in <laughs> Hunligatory? Hunligatory. He's a top 10 receiver in receptions, targets, and receiving yards. Set and forget it with Adams. I don't care. Yeah, I guess you have. I, I mean, like, Hundley can't make anybody else better except for Devontae Adams. He's the, he's the golden boy that you can trot out there. Even in a game against Pittsburgh, who is a very, very good secondary, I'm still starting Adams this week, not even thinking twice about it. Makes sense, actually. And you know what You know what else? I mean, keep this in mind. Okay, first of all, we all know that Randall Cobb kind of sucks. Not that good, right? 
But keep in mind, Jordan Nelson's 32 going on whatever, yeah. 33s. Devontae Adams might actually be the best receiver on the team. He's definitely – I'm sure he's – at this point, he's probably a much better athlete than Jordy. Jordy's still more savvy, and he's a better route runner, I'm sure. But, you know, if you, if you look at them like stocks – That is such a racist thing to say. <laughs> I know exactly these white guys. Jordy Nelson, however, Jordy Nelson, no longer sneaky fast. <laughs> I'm just saying, though, like, I, if you're looking at them like stocks, Devontae Adams is a growth stock. He's on the upswing still, and he has been for a while. Jordy is definitely uh, something you're going to have to get rid of at some point. Can I say something about Devontae Adams? Sure. Green Bay um, did not extend his contract. He's a free agent after this year. Com- unrestricted? Unrestricted. Oh, they really had him that long? This could be interesting. Yeah, he's um, – let me take a look here. This is – they can't franchise him, you. Uh, well, I mean, they could. Would you want to franchise Devontae Adams, though? What I know. But I yeah, I wouldn't. Um, yeah, four-year deal. So, and it's his fifth year. They, they declined his option, so he uh, <laughs> is a free agent. Good job, Ted. Yeah. Uh, that would be interesting to watch. But, you know, yeah, well, we'll see what happens. There's the, this is what off-seasons are meant for. We don't need to get into it tonight. Let's talk about uh, the guy who's been on the longest off-season in recent memory, Josh Gordon. He took part in practice this week. Full squad, first time since the day after Christmas 2014. Mary Kay Cabot and the Cleveland Plain Dealer had the story. And, and he ran with Hold the, on. I want, you to, I, want, I want you to talk about this. Just let me get this out. <laughs> Josh Gordon uh, is eligible to come back in week 13. Corey Coleman already came back in week 11. This is nothing but good news for Deshaun Kaiser. Now, it's interesting to me, Dave. This is a guy who has not played football essentially in three years, okay? Uh, Cleveland Browns have built such a talented bevy of, of, of prospects on this team that Josh Gordon was not running with the scout team. He was not running with the backups. Hugh Jackson, a guy who said that when Josh Gordon would come back, that they had moved on from him, had Josh Gordon running with the ones. That's right. Insane. Running with the ones. In fact, a couple little mini quotes here from Jackson. All right. Um, he, was, it, he said, uh, he, this was back on November 16th. It was a tweet. Uh, Jackson says Josh Gordon is on track to start practice on November 20th, adding that he's on time at all their meetings and has a huge smile on his face. And then, he, I quote, he's a pleasure to be around. And then uh, he says that uh, if he was asked if he was looking forward to Josh Gordon returning to practice on, on the 20th, he says, very, it's like Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I, I, I don't have this, this tweet in front of me, but it was something like, oh, is, is Gordon running, you know, Gordon's running with the first team. And, he's, and he says something like, oh, of course, or something like that. Like, you know what I mean? It was just like, like yes, it's kind yeah, of a stupid sure. question to be asking. Like, yeah. obviously, he's going to be running with the first team. Or almost like, yeah, for sure, like compared to not Corey Coleman, but the other guys, you know, yeah. terrible. Yeah. No, I, they, the cupboard is bare in Cleveland in, in a lot of different spots. And uh, certainly getting Josh Gordon back would be pretty big. I still have him on a lot of rosters. I did not cut him anywhere. This is a guy. I don't want to put him on the same level as Aaron Rodgers because he's not. When Aaron Rodgers comes back, if he does come back this season, I have no problem starting him his first week back. But Josh Gordon's a little bit different. No, I wouldn't say. Um, but if he, let's say he has like some sort of like seven for 90 um, in week 15 and with everything on the line week 16, especially in a championship round where you're sure. trying to increase your variance, hell yeah, I'll roll him out there to see what happens. So I don't know shot. if this makes, well, makes well, a lot last of sense. I was asking about Corey Coleman, same team. What do you think? I, I said in there, I, I like him. This is a guy who went against, A.J. Boye and Jalen Ramsey last week caught six passes for 80 yards from Deshaun Kaiser. He's a guy that you have to – he has to be rostered in your league. And I, I think I own him in two leagues, and I'm starting him in both leagues this week. Well, yeah, um, so I, I have no problem uh, flexing him out. 
I, I think he already faced his toughest matchup for the rest of the season, and he passed it with flying colors. I, ex- I expect him to continue to, to put up points. Maybe the only thing that stops him is a Josh Gordon return. We'll have to see. Maybe. By the way, our contract guru, Henry Mudo, pointed out that yeah. Devontae Adams was a uh, second-round pick and did not have a fifth-year option. Oh, he didn't have a fifth-year option. That's right. He was a second-round pick. I remember that. Thanks, Mudo. Yes. Always uh, Johnny on the spot with that. I appreciate it. Marvin Jones. Perhaps you've heard of him. He caught six passes for 109 yards and two touchdowns in the uh, Thanksgiving Day loss to the Vikings yesterday. Dave, I know you said you, you did not watch a ton of the games. Did you happen to see Marvin Jones' second touchdown? No, I didn't actually. I'm going to tell you what happened on it. Tell me about it. The Vikings had 12 men on the field. Terrence Newman was desperately trying to get off the field in time. Stafford snapped the ball. Um, Newman realized, well, they're going to flag me for it. So he just covered Marvin Jones along with Xavier Rhodes okay. on a go route. Stafford sees the double coverage, doesn't care. Marvin Jones splits the two illegal defenders on the field, only supposed to have one, snares it. They both get a hand on him and uh, both fall off and he walks into the end zone. It nice. was an amazing play. Right. Marvin Jones, this is a guy, I drafted him. I was in a dynasty startup this past uh, spring and I drafted him, and I wasn't really all that excited about it. He's never been, like, one of my favorite players. I've been rolling him out there the last few weeks, and he's been very, very good. This, and Golden Tate is, is kind of trending down when Marvin Jones is, is trending up. I normally thought of Jones as, like, sort of like a Devery Henderson, as Monty Fan pointed out, Martavis Bryant, boomer bust type player. But it, it's been a lot more boom lately, and this is a guy that I think you have in your lineups going forward here, given his rapport with Stafford, given his production. He's making the plays right now, and he's uh, helping fantasy teams. Totally agree. And he's on my, Leroy and my team in the auction playoffs. In oh, yeah. So I was going to actually just talk a little smack to you because your team, Robbie Nolcats, is like one of the point leaders. It is the point leader. And then I just realized that you guys had uh, Kyle Rudolph. We had Kyle Rudolph in that league? Touchdowns. Yeah, we had. Uh, and was that it? I, I thought that was, we had, it. that was it for that. For right, the, okay. I thought we had somebody else. but We had Marvin Jones and Witten for 11.24, so we got 47. The, uh, only, so- you know, only six teams make the playoffs. Right, so. yeah, I know. The uh, salt and pepper guy, Dave. Uh, for the one of the Kentucky ancillary leagues. Yeah, how's that doing? Uh, it's I, I believe got the four seed. The playoffs obviously started this week. Um, Jarek McKinnon this week not so good, but it did have Jamison Crowder and you guessed it, Case Keenum in the starting wow, lineup. Nice. So it's it's off to a good start there. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I have plenty of time for me to screw that up. Uh, we talked about Greg Olson uh, already. He practiced uh, uh, fully on Wednesday, according to David Newton from ESPN.com. Uh, Carolina has taken him off IR. He is going to play this week. I already said I started Vernon Davis in front of him. There is a league. I believe I have Adrian. You know, this is, I don't even know why I'm asking you. I have Adrian Peterson in, in as a flex right now. And um, the other guy I would be deciding between is him or Greg Olson. As this is a normal PPR league. You would say for sure, start Greg Olson over Adrian Peterson. Uh, I'm assuming Greg Olson this week, Dave, is at the New York Jets. Both teams coming off a bye. And uh, Adrian Peterson uh, at home against that Jacksonville defense. Yeah, I mean, that, and they're getting five and a half. Over-under is 38. I mean, the over-under in the Carolina Jets game isn't that high. I just feel like Olson, you know, because of the, you know, the type of player he is, his, he wasn't doing that well to start the season. But I mean, No, he really of, wasn't. Because of his age and maturity, I just feel like he's going to just go right back to be like same old, same old. Kind of like if Witten came off an injury. Not same old, same old 2017. No, same old, like, same old know, career, yeah, exactly. Greg like you expected, like a, a second to third round fantasy pick. And, you're con- and we'd be considering starting AP, who granted got traded, but, you know, he's definitely well past his prime. Right. I don't, they'll be lucky to score 
probably they'll probably score one touchdown, maybe a few field goals. I mean, maybe two touchdowns, but probably more likely they score one. Yeah, Blaine Gabbert and Ricky Seals Jones, uh, they're ready to crush it against Jackson. All right, so maybe maybe they might not score. You would obviously be starting Olsen over Peterson then. Well, I wouldn't say obviously, but yeah, that's where I would start. I mean, I feel like a little bit of. I mean, you know, Olsen is coming back from injury. I mean. I feel like you're, you've been poo-pooing Adrian Peterson on this show all season. Yes, I have. Which, by the way, this, this is interesting. And mostly correctly, by the way. We uh, did not do the Appleton Trophy Fantasy Football Show on AM 1570, 95.3 FM so this, uh, this week on Thursday. We did it on Wednesday, um, giving holiday. And I, uh, we were doing the injury report segment of the show, and the host brought up, hey, Balky, you know, uh, DeAndre Hopkins got added to the injury report with a foot issue. And I said, yeah, you know, I, I hadn't seen that, but I saw Bill O'Brien talk about him. Bill O'Brien kind of poo-pooed it and um, said that Hopkins would be out there Monday night. And obviously it's, it's a big deal that because it's Monday night, you know, probably don't have another replacement if Hopkins misses. But and I said, poo-poo. Now, for whatever reason, I don't know why. My wife loves to listen to that show that I do on on Thursday nights. She doesn't listen to the slowdown. She doesn't listen to the HSFF hour. She always listens to that. Well, this time. She and my four-year-old son were Lucas, uh, list, Lucas were listening to it. And I get a text message during that segment to say, Lucas wants you to say poo-poo again. So, I, so then now I have to like, how am I going to work in the phrase poo-poo into the rest of the injury report, you know? <laughs> so then, and then I, I, must have, I, I said it again. Well, because you don't want to interrupt live on the air for that. And we had a fill-in producer, too, which was – and the first time I ever met him, which was – Was it a high schooler? No, 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 it wasn't. This is a guy that, that – <laughs> Thank you. That was doing, funny. Yeah. I'm going to um, compliment myself on my joke. So, so I'm like, how do I work in the word poo-poo? So I said it again, and then my wife texted me, he missed it. Say it again. And he, he kept missing it, and, and then the, the, they were listening to it on the iPad or something, and the broadcast cut out on, the, on their iPad. Like the, I must have said poo-poo like a dozen times in like a four-minute segment. And by like the eighth time, the producer and the host are like looking at me like, what in the hell is going on? So finally, I told we went to commercial and I'm like, guys, I'm really sorry. You told them the story. I, I explained the that's situation. How, that's the radio, you know. Well, I'm just saying like, so what we like what I'm doing right now. So then maybe we. Your, maybe your wife listens to that show because she realizes it's like real. It's real Not radio. Yeah. Podcast yeah. crap. <laughs> the fake cast with Eric Baldwin. Right. There's like Dave seven Beard other Beard. people listening and. In the Fox cities, I'm like the thousands of downloads we get. So yeah. doesn't she understand how this new media works? She doesn't, uh, for sure not. God sakes. So, uh, so then the rest of the show, we ended up using the word poo poo quite a bit, and it was, it was actually quite funny. Poo poo hour. Case Keenum, 302 total yards, three touchdowns in the Thanksgiving win versus the Detroit Lions. Case Keenum fending off Teddy Bridgewater, Dave, and he's doing a damn good job of and it. Sam Bradford soon. Uh, well, Sam Bradford didn't. Did he get IR'd? I thought he got IR'd. I thought he was going to be healthy soon. But I don't know I, if he's actually... Listen, we've been saying about that, uh, about Sam, Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford's on my, he's ranked like 412th on my dynasty watch right now, so I'm not sure what he's doing. So you look at Case Keenum. Th- Dave, this is a guy um, that I- I'd be firing up uh, the rest of the season. Like, all, I mean, borderline set it and forget it type guy. He's just crushing it. And these, these, are, not terrible, um, these are not terrible teams that he is going up against either. I mean, Detroit Lions, their defense isn't god-awful. Uh, and it's not a world beater, but it's right in the middle, you know. And uh, you look at the upcoming schedule for Minnesota. They go to Atlanta. Then they have the tough game against Carolina. Then they host the Bengals. They go to Green Bay. I mean, there's a lot of good starts in there for Case Keenum the rest of the way. Uh, you know, I, if I had to start him, I'd start him. I wouldn't be as excited about it. I have that, that salt and pepper guy league. Um, 
I, I, I dropped, I think Blake Bortles for him. So, and I'm, so. I might have to, well, now those players are locked. I might have to pick up another quarterback or here, here's what ask, I'll ask what you would do. I have Case Keenum and Jameis Winston on that team. Do you think I should drop Jameis Winston for, you know, like a Flacco-ish quarterback or find some other dead weight, keep Winston, get that third quarterback and Keenum, or just roll with what I got right now in Keenum and Winston? I'd probably, if you, if you can cut somebody else and you pick up the Flacco guy, it helps, but I'd probably keep Jameis around just because there's the chance that he gets back and that Keenum gets hurt or something. Winston would so up so much is so much more likely to outproduce Flacco types. Yeah, I, I think so too. So I think that's kind of worth the risk of keeping yeah. him around. Okay. Uh, Browns run game coordinator Kirby Wilson uh, said that the Browns want to keep Duke Johnson on the field, quote, as much as possible because we believe so strongly in him as a playmaker, end quote. That's a tweet from Nate Ulrich on uh, Twitter, Ulrich, uh, whatever. Uh, Johnson set a season high in snap rate in week 10 against Detroit. He played 58.8% of uh, Cleveland's offensive snaps in what was a close game that the Browns actually almost won. Uh, He had 10 carries in that game for 54 yards. He caught six passes for 34 yards. Uh, He's touched the ball at least 10 times in four straight games before, you know, whatever happened last week. Uh, What what do you look at Duke Johnson going for? Okay, let me ask you this. Kentucky auction question. Yes, sir. Would you start – they're playing each other this week, Joe Mixon or Duke Johnson? That's actually kind of interesting. Um, Man. I almost think Johnson might be a little bit of a higher floor player. I mean, with a high, almost a higher floor, higher ceiling. Mixon just seems like 17 carries for 30 yards. And yeah. Maybe, and, like maybe and then he'll scum a, scum a touchdown. Yeah, in there. exactly. Like, and he doesn't get many catches. So he's like a 10 to 12 point. He's a young man's Frank Gore that doesn't have the upside. You know what yeah. I mean? Like just not that exciting. Whereas Duke could go like seven for 75, catch a touchdown, get some rushing yards. You know, it just seems like uh, there's a chance for him to do something. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, uh, more of a variance with uh, with Duke Johnson for I feel sure. Like the Browns are kind of on. The, I feel like the Browns are going to finish strong this season. And next season might be where they get to like eight and eight or something like that. When they don't draft the quarterback number one. Where they, I think they're going to do something. I, I just feel like the Browns are finally turning that that you know that stat corner. Oh, I've heard that song and dance. The money before. ball corner. They're turning it. Ball. You know who they do host coming up in a couple of weeks. The hapless Packers. Brett Hundley and the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, see, I was right. Could get a win there. Uh, Mike Clay has been saying for weeks now that he basically, since Rodgers went down, he said that the Browns are not going to win one. They're going to win two games back-to-back. I think it was the Ravens and then the Packers. I, I think it was Baltimore. The Ravens? Said. Yeah. The team that has an awesome defense? I, well, I mean. And they don't score. Um, they're they don't need to. Well, they have in Tucker several games. From like, kick from like the 50. Let me. 69-yard field as well as whatever. Uh, well, that is true. I'm uh, I'm actually going to look up their schedule because maybe it wasn't the Ravens that he was talking about. No, I think it was Packers and Ravens. Yeah, he gets the no, they get wrong. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Jamison Crowder, seven catches, 141 yards, and a touchdown in uh, the Redskins game last night against the Giants. This was an awful first half, but Crowder crushed it in the second half, catching four of those seven passes for 90 yards. He caught a 15-yard touchdown, which was actually his first touchdown since week 13 of the 2016 season. A new career high in receiving yardage for Jameson Crowder last night. Kirk Cousins looking to him. I'm sure. Is he back? Is this the Crowder we expected at the start of the season? Yeah, you know what? That's exactly the question. That's the question and the answer. Yes, it's the Crowder you expected at the beginning of the season when you made the mistake and drafted him in the first place. So if you drafted Jameson Crowder, odds are fairly good. You're not using him, and you didn't make the playoffs in the first place because he brought down your team enough that you didn't make the playoffs. I have him on a team. Yeah. That is in the playoffs. 
<laughs> because six teams make the playoffs. Yes, the socialist communist playoffs. That's actually the weak. The weak part of the team is is like the top three receivers are like Richard Matthews, Jameson Crowder, and Fitz. It's not tight ends are excellent. Sure, the tight ends they in that league. I think for tight ends in that league, I have Gronk, Olsen, and ASJ. Well, and you can only play two of them, obviously, yeah. in, in that format. Uh, and the running backs are good, too. It's just uh, receivers just stink. So, Crowder, yes. let's say you're in my situation. You're, you're, you're obviously you're well, trusting that team, him. for sure, I'm starting you're trusting him from here on out, right? Yeah, you kind of have to in that situation. Yeah. Uh, stick with that same team. Samaj P. Ryan, 24 carries, 100 yards, three catches. Are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. Three catches for 30 yards and four targets in the Washington win last night for the Giants. Again, Pirine, really bad in the first half. Uh, five carries, three yards, and then crushed it in the second half. Um, he did um, have a bad drop in, in the first quarter, but the fact of the matter is his stats look really good, and there's no Chris Thompson. Chris Thompson is not walking through that door. Rob Kelly's not walking through that door. You have uh, Maxwell, and you have Pirine, and that's basically it. P. Ryan, Dave, especially if you're a zero RB guy and you went zero RB, he's the guy to look at right now for starting. I totally agree with you. I didn't bring this up with you earlier, but I went zero RB out of all my main event teams in Kentucky. I went zero RB on one of them. Uh-huh. That was the only main event team I had that made the playoffs. Well, good job. Highest scoring team in the league. Congratulations. Guess what I'm going to be doing next year? Uh, not drafting running backs? Yeah. Are you back to it? Oh, yeah. I'm I'm back I'm back you're, on board. You're worse than a politician. The thing that that flip flop more. The than thing anybody. no. Here's the thing that screwed me up. I I was always too chicken to to just skip running backs totally in the first five rounds. I'd always pepper one in there, and that's what the one that always gummed up the works. This year I'm like screw it. Um, I don't care. I'm drafting a bunch of main event teams. I'll try it with this one. It was the only one that made made the playoffs. So and and like I said, it was the highest scoring team in the league too. So. Yeah, I actually started put up a two fifteen in nice. week in week um in week eleven. Two fifteen. Two fifteen. Yeah, wow. it was it was maybe my highest Kentucky scoring week ever. Uh, okay, are you ready to uh, to move on and, and do so? Oh my God, it's we we got to fly. Go. We got to fly through these emails. I'm not gonna not gonna play the drop. Let's crush through these emails here. <laughs> Why don't you just skip a few emails and play? The uh, drop? Doug in Union City, New Jersey. Tough call for me in football guys players championship playoffs this weekend. Derrick Henry at Indy or Djax in Atlanta. Which way would you go? It's Derrick Henry at Indianapolis. Deshaun Jackson in Atlanta. Uh, I played Djax. I think so too. For whatever reason, I, I can't remember who's talking to somebody on some podcast I listened to. They said that they've got Demarco Murray. Maybe Sigmund Bloom actually. He's gotten the Demarco Murray Derrick Henry question wrong every single week this year. Like he's he's never played the correct one on on the correct week. So I would be going with Djax here as well. Tim in New York, New York. Does Alfred Blue simply replace Deontay Foreman's touches, or does Lamar Miller get a bigger slice of the Texans' offensive pie? Mmm, pie. Do you have any pie on Thursday for Thanksgiving? Uh, I actually had a little bit of key lime pie. Could not choke any pie down my gullet because I filled up so much on, on all the great food. I had two Thanksgivings. It's great. Yeah, you said you ate like 16 uh, pounds of food. It was it, for just one meal. And then I'm like, ah, oh, I'm not going to be able to eat it all. And then I had a couple of beers. I'm like, yeah, I can eat. And then I piled up a couple of Thanksgiving sandwiches with the stuffing and the potatoes. and the, That's awesome. Oh, God, it was so amazing. Um, <laughs> okay, so Lamar Miller. Yeah. Does he get uh, Foreman's touches? Do you think Alfred Blue 
weaves his way into the conversation. I guess like the question would be if you are a team that made the playoffs with Lamar Miller, is he a guy that you can start maybe as, as a second running back or as a flex at this point? Yeah, I think so. I mean, helps out a little bit. I mean, Foreman was actually really coming on. Miller should consider himself lucky that Foreman got hurt. Yeah. I mean, he might have been out the door. How unfortunate for the Texans, too. They lose their first-round draft pick to an ACL. Now they lose Foreman to an Achilles. What about dynasty-wise for Foreman? Does this worry you at all, torn Achilles? Big guy. It worries, yeah, it worries me. First of all, it worries me because I actually was really thinking he was going to be the starter next year. I mean, two weeks ago, if you asked me after his big game or whatever it was, I mean, he seemed like, okay, Miller gets caught right in the offseason because his contract's too high, and Foreman's the starter. Now this totally changes everything. Yeah. It's really, it's really unfortunate. Yeah, it, for everybody, really. Uh, or maybe they just uh, have an empty backfield with Deshaun Watson next year, and that's the way they go. Uh, Tom in Grand Rapids, Michigan. He was great this week, but are you guys nervous about plugging in Devontae Adams in the playoffs? That Packers offense is super bad, and I'm worried that it may catch up with Adams sooner than later. We answered this already. We love Adams. Uh, yes, I like him overall. Dear Balky and fill-in, thanks for coming on the show tonight. This is not a fill-in. I'm in the main event playoffs this week and can only start one Ravens running back. Is it Collins or Woodhead? Love your show, guys. That's Ray in Adairsville, Georgia. What did Woodhead do last week? Uh, not a ton. He, he had like – No, he's like four, but it was bad. It was like four for like 20 or something like that. 17. But his, he was under a snap count. The Ravens said – it was the running back's coach or the OC said he will not be on a snap count this week. Uh, so maybe they're really, you know, he'll be out there with unbridled enthusiasm, Dave. And uh, this could be a big Woodhead week. Collins is already entrenched as like the quote unquote starting running back. This guy can only play one. Yeah, five catches for 21, I think, is what he uh, did. Um, hmm. I guess I would have to risk it with Collins because he's going to get 17, 18 carries. Even if it's against a good rush defense. This is uh, the Ravens playing on uh, Sunday night at home against Houston. Um, I don't think you're going to get any more information by waiting until Monday night to, to make this call. I think I would lean Woodhead here. Yeah, sure enough. I, I think that's the way I would go. It's close, but I, I think I would go with, with Woodhead. The thing is, if Collins gets a touchdown, he's probably the guy. But you don't know if he's going to. Hey, guys, is Tyrod Taylor worth an ad? He got dropped in a lot of leagues, and i got to believe McDermott has to go back to him. That's Joe in Depew, Oklahoma. Well, McDermott is going back to him. Dave, I'm going to hold on. I'm just going to push this over to you. Get that soapbox right underneath your microphone. <laughs> go ahead and climb up there. And any thoughts you want to say about Sean McDermott? Yeah, I mean, I tweeted about this. Guy. I, mean, I know. That's why I'm, I, I mean, brought the soapbox just, specifically to the studio. There no, I mean, there was a, there's been a bunch of articles. I think Bill Barnwell, he's a writer, he, writes, yeah. he used to be on Football Outsiders, now yeah. 538. And ESPN.com. Yeah, he has, had a ton of tweets about how Taylor should never have been benched. And it's yeah. like, uh, I, what was the tweet that I retweeted? It was uh, oh, it was actually about Case Keenum, and someone someone else said that Keenum has been you know, did so well on Thanksgiving that Sean McDermott's mad that he didn't have him on his team so he could bench him. <laughs> I thought funny. that was great. That is very good. So Tyrod Taylor, the thing is, like, um, uh, he was dropped in a lot of leagues. Well, in a lot of leagues, you can't pick him up because he is locked, you know, for the rest of the season. Now, if you play in a format uh, where you still can pick him up, hell yeah. Good schedule the rest of the way. You, you need Kelvin Benjamin healthy, but Charles Clay's back. They're getting Jordan Matthews back. Zay Jones is healthy. I mean, he's going to have some weapons. You saw what he did in the second half. Granted, it was garbage time, but he actually did put up numbers in that second half to almost make him startable for the game, despite only playing one half after the Nathan Peterman uh, debacle. Where, five picks and a half. Where I said uh, – Six for 14. I said on the show on Wednesday, I don't know what it was, um, 
that uh, he, he, his, uh, Jay Peterman has disowned him as his son, and he's no longer the heir to the Jay Peterman catalog. So, <laughs> I mean, really bad news for Nathan, Nathan Peterman. Let me just look. Real, let me just find this again. So, I six to fourteen sounds right. So, yeah, six to fourteen, five picks, which means that eleven of his, four, his fourteen passes never hit never the hit the ground. Unbelievable. Yeah. Only one more pass were to the players with the color jerseys that were his versus the other color jerseys. Were you watching that game? No. I had it on red zone. And oh, I didn't have oh. that game, but I had red zone on. Andrew Siciliano was, was money with, with, <laughs> with it. But just want to, want to show what just happened in, in Los Angeles. Nathan Peterman. No, this is not a repeat. This is his fourth <laughs> pick of the first half. That's so great. That was great. And oh, like he must have just loved it. And honestly, I was thinking it was like a replay. And like when Siciliano actually had to say, "No, this is new. This is another pick." <laughs> so bad. Uh, Doug in Morrisville, North Carolina. I can't believe it's come to this, but I lost Chris Thompson to go along with Buck Allen losing his role. Can I count on Orleans Darkwa in the playoffs? Can I get the bulky stamp of approval on this? Thank you for the email, Doug in Morrisville, North Carolina. No. You cannot get the Why ball not? to Stanford. What's, what's, what's our New Orleans? Okay, let's, let's, um, did you look up what he did yesterday? I feel like he was quite underwhelming. Um, I did not look it up. And uh, I'm going to look it up right now. And um, the thing is, that Giants offense is so um, schizophrenic. You don't know when he's going to have that 20 carry for 84 yards in, in a touchdown type game. Uh, last night, this was the Washington game. He had 11 carries for 30 yards. One catch for nine yards. Blah. And I mean, like, look at what he did the week before. 74 yards on the ground, two catches that's for 16 good. yards and a touchdown. That's I'm, good. I'm t- that's fine, but you're not, you're not going to know when it's going to happen. Um, you know I, what sucks? I will say Eli this. Sucks. Eli sucks. He was bad. Problem. I will say this. Orleans Dark was since the bye at least 70 yards rushing in all three games, not getting anything through the air, though. So he's, in a, he's an accumulator back, Dave, on a really bad offense. That's Matt, like the, that is the crimson of red flags for me. Look, all I know is that Eli Manning should be getting some sort of territory distribution for Papa John's franchises in the New York greater area because that's the fu- that's his future. Eli he Manning. should be out of the NFL. Yeah. Retire, you are terrible. I'm just looking at upcoming you know, games for Darkwa. Whether Beckham or not. Yeah. I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking at upcoming games for Darkwa. He goes to Los, uh, Los Angeles to – not Los Angeles, Oakland to face the Raiders. Uh, then he is at home against the Cowboys. That actually could be an interesting matchup. Yeah, then two teams that suck, yeah. Then they get the Eagles. Then he goes back to the West Coast again to, fa- uh, to face Arizona in Week 16. So I don't oh, know. It's not terrible. It's not terrible. It's just very he's difficult for love, me to. Yeah, he's not going to win yeah. the 250 grand. Probably. I mean, the the thing is, this guy lost Thompson and Buck Allen. There's not anything else out there. Yeah, I'll that's tell you a that right good now. Option if, if, considering right. Those, those other two guys weren't even all that. Well, Thompson was, but you know, yeah, Buck Allen wasn't all that much better. No, it wasn't. Uh, Freddie in Wyanette, Illinois. Is Seals Jones legit in Arizona? Would you pick him up in a 12-team, 20-man league? Answer, a resounding no for me. I don't think so. I understand the whole... He's a wide receiver on, on the FFP. Right, yeah, and, and I, <laughs> I understand, like, you can't, like, there's this, oh, backup quarterback throwing to a backup playmaker, you know what I mean? I don't, I can't, when are you going to start Ricky Seals Jones? I mean, you're just not. You got to be in the direst of dire situations yeah, if you're in to the do that. Toilet bowl or something. Ugh. And and then it's just like just play whoever's on your roster. It's just ridiculous for Seals Jones. Got too many names anyway. Yeah, uh, Rich in Portland, uh, Pennsylvania. Hey, high stakes honchos. Do Bill Musgrave and Paxton Lynch 
mean better things for that offense in Denver. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for the email. Rich in Portland, Pennsylvania. That can't be worth. Um, Manuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas this week, catching passes in Paxton Lynch. Status up, down, the same? You know, I'd say mildly up just because if there's the uncertainty of Lynch, you just don't know. But I'm they, with you. They were not doing all that well before. Yeah. Not, their, I don't, not their fault. But. Uh, Cecil Lammy said this week on one of the Football Guys podcasts. He's an insider, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, the uh, the uh, um, reason that Paxton Lynch, that they waited until week 12 to start him was because he had this uh, leg injury. And because he is so good with his legs, they needed him fully healthy before they could trot him out there. Um, because if he can't put together a play and can't complete a play, well, he can just take off and get five, six yards or whatever. Sure. And if he's hurt, he's not going to be able to do that. Well, now he might be able to move this offense better. Like you said, can't get any worse than Osweiler and Simeon. That's true. Next, so. Carson Wentz, here he, here he comes. Well, I would put five on that, my friend. <laughs> I bet you would. Allen in Austin, Texas. Hi, Eric et al. Who do you like better as a pickup for the rest of the season? Andre Ellington in Houston or Byron Marshall? Bruce, Bruce Ellington. Uh, no, Andre Ellington. Did you miss this? He got cut by the Cardinals and the Texans signed him. Oh, great. Claimed him off wares. Do you know, ironically, Bruce Ellington and Andre Ellington. I you have mentioned that in the Lamar Motors. Oh, sorry. Bruce Ellington and Andre Ellington are first cousins. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So now they're teammates in, in Houston. So Marshall or Ellington? At least Bruce, when I was thinking of Bruce, he was the yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, I, I'll say this. Um, I had Andre Ellington in a lot of my teams. I never cut him, um, probably to my own detriment. But I'm keeping him around just to see what happens in Houston. You know, if he comes out and catches five, six passes this week uh, against Baltimore, yeah, you might have something there. Yeah, you know, I kind of agree with you. I'll go with that. I mean, you saw what Marshall did last night, or whatever his name is. Marshall? Maxwell? I forget his name. I think it's Marshall. He did not impress me. Obviously, I can't even remember his name, so he wasn't that great. <laughs> he uh, Maxwell. I don't know. Yeah. Although, once again, we got his position wrong, too. We, but we don't. I mean, this is... He was a wide receiver at Oregon in, in training camp. He was a wide receiver. Right. And that, that's, that's, listen, it's in the rules that you can't change his position. And, um, you know, people are like, well, why can't you just add position? Well, what happens if, if that is a receiver to a tight end or a tight end to receive. You know what I mean? Sure. It, it's, it's not, it's not a good situation to, <laughs> to just adhere, you know, whatever these guys are playing now. Well, it's to your fantasy fault or the teams are flat, you know, yeah. change these blame guys the teams. Yeah, Don't right. blame us exactly. or the players. Right. Tell these players to pick a position. Isaac in Louisville, Kentucky heading into this weekend. He, Oh, blind resume. This is always good. Yeah, it sounds like we need a drop for this. <laughs> Should we get like, like, I'm sort of maybe we get a clip of that blind guy from Kirby Enthusiasm. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're helping him move. They put, put like a put the couch over there, Larry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, that guy is so great. Yeah, we might have to do that for next week. And then, like, and then the quote of Larry, like, saying something just insulting him as a blind person. Yeah, and then Richard Lewis saying, like, Oh, I'm a recovering alcoholic. And there's like, Oh, you're an alcoholic and he can't see. Give him the litany. Yeah, um, it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Isaac in Louisville, Kentucky. Blind resume heading into this weekend. He is second in the NFL in both passing yards and rushing yards by quarterbacks and leads his team. In, no. And, le- and leads his team in both categories as well. Totaling, or as Isaac wrote, totaling 317 yards per game. Who is he? It wasn't Carson Wentz. It's not Carson Wentz. And he's leading his team in rushing he's yards? He's leading his team in rushing yards. He's leading his team in passing yards. He is second in the NFL in passing yards. He is second in the NFL in rushing yards by a quarterback. Maybe Carson Wentz was number one. 
goodness. Now I'm, now I'm struggling now. Um, you got the right conference. Say that. <laughs> yeah, but, um, not the right division. I don't think that helps. So you know he plays in the NFC, but not in the NFC East. And it's not Brett Hundley. I can tell that that Russell was a, Wilson. Yes, Russell Wilson. Wow. Good guess. Yeah. It took you a while, but Wilson's hot, man. He, He's Wilson, crushing it right now. Yeah, I love Russell. I love Russell Wilson as a player. Last year he was dinged up, and he, I think he had gotten married. We talked about this. Yeah, that it ruined his life for a little bit. But right. Now he's recovered. You know, he's past the honeymoon period. Past, past the uh, whole. Man, I love him as a dynasty quarterback. The trauma so of getting married. Oh yeah. He's past exactly. that now. Yeah. He's, he's accepted he's, his he's lot lived, in life. He's now living in the den on the couch. So you know he's back to normal. Um, <laughs> wasp guy. You guys are Kirby enthusiasm fans. Do either of you have single sisters? LOL. <laughs> I do not. I don't have any sisters. You don't. Yeah, I only have a brother. You have one brother. I have two brothers. Yeah. Um, oh, my, I didn't, my brother's more educated than I am. I'm going to always be jealous of that. I need to get my master's degree. Wait, right. My brother does University not. University of Phoenix Online. Do they ask for master's? I asked Larry Fitzgerald. You seem to bring that up every. Listen to this. <laughs> I was gonna. I don't. My brother isn't listening to the show, and I don't think I'm. I don't think that he'll care that I'm bringing this up. My brother was my middle brother. Um, was in Seattle this past week. Came home in time for Thanksgiving, but he spent a few days in Seattle. What's his name? Which one? Jared. Okay. Um, to meet a woman that he met uh, through the internet. Was that like Match or Harmony or something? I'm getting to that. I always interrupt. I, you know. It's okay. So I said to my parents. I'm James Altucher, except for I'm not good. No, it's, it's funny. He interrupts, but he's good. Um, I asked my parents what, what website it was. Neither one of them knew. I'm like, well, was it, was it an app? Farmers Far- Far- really only sure. the- no, Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> so, um, he, I saw him for Thanksgiving and I said, Oh, how was Seattle? What'd you do? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, so, so how did you meet this woman? Like, oh, through an app. And I thought he was going to say like, um, fantasy owners only.com wasp guy. Um, <laughs> I thought he was going to say like Tinder or something like that. No, he met her on this app. I never heard of it. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called hater. Uh, no. Hater is an app where you put in. Oh, what you, I, th- I think I have heard it where you, you, you don't, hate. you, you don't put in your likes, you put in your dislikes. Yeah, things you hit, yeah. So he met this woman on there. They hit it off. I guess they, they all a, both hate Trump or whatever. I don't know what it was. Um, you should have, what are their mutual? Hate? I don't, I don't, I didn't ask them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Fun. So he was in Seattle. I guess they had a great time all through the hater app. So this podcast brought to you by I the hate country music app. too. Yeah. <laughs> Come to Nashville. No, I'm just kidding. Nathan, and this will be the last email tonight. Nathan in Gainesville, Florida, after watching another bad game for both Bryant and Prescott on Thanksgiving without Elliott, are you guys considering benching either of these players in the playoffs or championship round? I own Dak Prescott on two teams. He is not sniffing my starting lineup, Dave. And unfortunately, because you have to start three receivers, uh, I don't really have another better option than Des. I'm going to keep trotting him out there. Really unfortunate. Uh, I would have to do that as well. And, you know, I will say I'm pretty happy I traded Des to you for a key now. Oh, my God. What just that was – is that not the epitome of Eric Balkman and the Blake Carrington dynasty watching that Chargers-Cowboys game yesterday? <laughs> where he made, that was this past offseason, right? Uh, yeah. And, and I traded you Keenan Allen. I just – I got lucky. I, mean, I got fed up with all of his BS injuries. You pounding me into the ground saying he's just going to get hurt again. Look at Dez. He's got this young up-and-coming quarterback. You have All true. the corpse of Phillip Rivers tossing to Keenan Allen All for accurate. God knows how long. Shot putting the ball to They him. got Hunter Henry, Tyro Williams. They yep. just drafted Mike Williams. Exactly. There's no reason that Keenan Allen's going to keep this up. Also true. And what does he do? Sets a Thanksgiving Day record, Dave. 34 receptions, 
900 yards and 14 touchdowns. I couldn't believe it. Nice. Yeah. That was great for me. That was crazy. Uh, so that's going to do it for uh, this week's show, ladies and gentlemen. I, uh, I want to thank you for tuning in on a holiday weekend. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. I hope uh, you all had a great one uh, and enjoyed uh, some football and family as well as the food. I'm downloading that hater app. Uh, you don't what more can I say? We talk billing it. Hold on. I'm sorry. Rob, enough. All right. Is the show over? No, it's about to be over. Oh, sorry, Rob. Uh, thanks to Monty Fan tonight. Great stuff from him. The regular season points champ will we'll, uh, be on the lookout for his name at the top of the leaderboard. I want to thank Dave Gerzak for coming back early on your flight. Awesome. Uh, the FFPC, Rob Rice, and of course, all of you. Rotoviz.com slash podcast Thursday. Mike Foresta, David Hubbard will be on the high stakes slowdown. That will be a must uh, listen to episode. And listen, they all are. Let's be frank. Good luck in the playoffs. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Big dog, stay on the court. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Where you get that from? I am um, filling out my hater app profile right now. Things I hate. Doing podcasts with Dave Gerzak. <laughs> Making dynasty trades with Dave Gerzak. Trading away Keenan Allen. <laughs> All on my hater app. We'll have to see what. Oh, look, I I got a match. I got a match. You know who it is? Ron Meyer. It's me.